This is Randy Hosman with Becker's Clinical Leadership Podcast. Here's your weekly industry news brief for February 28th. First, undercover agents could buy fake nursing degrees with no medical experience. From 2016 to 2021, over 7,000 fake diplomas were sold to aspiring nurses. The documents were used to qualify for the National Council of Licensure Examination without completing required coursework. Over 30% of those who bought the fake documents passed the test. Many gained licensure and secured employment at U.S. healthcare facilities. Sometimes people paid as much as $17,000 for the documents. In total, the scheme collected more than $100 million. Many individuals who bought the degrees had prior experience working in healthcare as certified nursing assistants or licensed practical nurses. Their RN license is annulled, but their LPN license may still be active. The National Council of State Boards of Nursing and its state regulatory bodies are working with federal and state authorities to identify people who allegedly purchased the fake degrees. Second, Tenant Healthcare makes five leadership changes in Massachusetts. Christian Bartholomew is named Chief Human Resources Officer for Tenant's Massachusetts Market in St. Vincent Hospital. Dr. Michelle Sinopoli is named Chief Medical Officer for Metro West Medical Center in St. Vincent Hospital. Metro West names John Whitlock Jr. as Interim CEO, Naomi Seymour, MSN, as Interim Chief Nursing Officer, and Andy Witte as Human Resources Director. Third, the CDC adds long COVID-19 as a cause of death. The new guidelines read that a certifier may consider long COVID-19 as the cause, even if the original infection occurred months or even years before death. Death not directly due to long COVID-19, but rather complications from it, should also be reported alongside a person's other medical history as a potential cause. Fourth, according to a report from the Iowa Capital Dispatch last week, after adopting a former patient's baby, the Iowa Board of Nursing sanctioned a nurse. She was then fired from two jobs. Miriam Simon was sanctioned for violating state regulations. This includes patient privacy and attempting to initiate an emotional, social, or business relationship with the patient for personal gain, regardless of the patient's consent. However, the board incorrectly listed her violation as financial exploitation of a patient. This serious offense can lead to criminal charges. Reportedly, this information caused a hospital to fire her earlier this month. After Ms. Simon's attorney contacted the board about the error, it apologized and corrected the information. She still has no job. Ms. Simon adopted the baby of a former patient in the U.S. on a visa. The patient feared she would be deported if she dropped out of school to care for the child. Ms. Simon had no intention of caring for the child until the patient contacted her on Facebook. The hospital fired her last year after learning about the adoption. The board and Ms. Simon settled her charges with an agreement. It requires her to complete 30 hours of educational training on patient privacy, as well as complete a three-day course in professional boundaries and ethics. Fifth, UPMC, a top surgeon, and University of Pittsburgh physicians agreed to pay $8.5 million to resolve a whistleblower suit initiated by a former UPMC physician. Prosecutors alleged that the defendants illegally submitted hundreds of false claims to Medicare, Medicaid, and other government health programs for six years. Dr. James Lukdicic is UPMC's longtime cardiothoracic chair. 
Prosecutors say he allegedly performed up to three complex surgeries at the same time, did not participate in key and critical portions of his cases, and even had patients under anesthesia for long periods as he moved between operating rooms. The defendants will create a corrective action plan for Dr. Luchichik. They will also submit to a year-long third-party audit of his physician fee services billings to Medicare. A 2016 internal incident report claims Dr. Luchichik was conducting surgery on two patients in two separate operating rooms. The patients were left under general anesthesia with towels covering their surgical wounds. No progress was made in either case for four hours. The report alleges a third operating room was prepared later for another case. He was unable to be reached by phone or via his clinic. He eventually arrived 45 minutes late in the post-anesthesia care unit. Because of this, several of his patients allegedly suffer complications, like painful pressure ulcers, deep tissue injuries, and, in at least two cases, amputations. Federal law prohibits surgeons at teaching hospitals from billing CMS for two concurrent surgeries unless the, pa- unless the surgeon is present for all key or critical portions of the procedure. Prosecutors say breaking this law violates the standard of care, lowers patients' trust, and increases the risk of serious complications. In a news release, acting U.S. Attorney Troy Rivetti says this is a just end to the investigation and an important settlement. Thanks for listening. Do you want more of the latest info about clinical leadership delivered directly to your inbox every weekday? Subscribe to the Becker's Clinical Leadership and Infection Control e-newsletter on our website at www.beckershospitalreview.com forward slash quality.